Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome everyone. So good uh, to have you all with us today. I'm really glad that we got those video notices up because I was stealing the chocolate from the welcome pack up the front and I really wanted to finish it before I got up here. So it was good. Just a wee confession there. It's all right. I'm the only one in the church that's allowed to do that if you're on staff. Uh, Sorry, it's just me and whoever's speaking on that Sunday morning who just needs a chocolate hit. Awesome. Sorry, I've just, um, yeah, my iPad crashed and then now it's uncrashed, which is awesome. Hey, so this Sunday, we are, yeah, we're excited about Vision Sunday. We are really um, expectant this year for what God's going to do through this church family. And this church family is made up of a whole lot of incredible people. And God has got an amazing destiny. Let me just remind you that he's got an amazing destiny uh, for your life today. And this morning, I just, I just want to encourage you to dream again. I want to encourage you to, to believe again, no matter if you just kind of like scraped into church this morning and you just made it. And, you know, that's so good that you're here. It really is. But God wants you to live a life knowing that you're called, chosen, appointed. He wants you to live in a destiny, you know, His destiny that we have a privilege to be a part of. So it's going to be good. Everyone say, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Come on. Hey, so uh, fun fact, uh, if you are someone who is into exploring caves, you are known as a speleologist. It's called speleology. Wow. Spat a lot. Speleology. It's called speleology. And so back in my speleology days, because I was a speleologist, uh, I went... We used to go to these caves on the West Coast, Chris uh, and I, and we'd take young people over here, and he was kind of like, really, he was like Batman and I was like Robin, um, and, 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 but he would just, he, would, he was amazing, he was such an adventure guy and he took us on so many adventures, but we, there was one cave that he took us to that was so cool, it was called Babylon, like check that out, has anyone been to Babylon Cave? You've been to Babylon. It's amazing. Sounds foreboding, but it, it is incredible. And so you get to Babylon um, by just bush bashing up west coast uh, foliage through all the you know the terrain, all the, the there's ferns, and just you're just going straight up the side of this mountain. And then you, uh, after about half an hour of that, you come to this giant opening in the in the side of the of the. Um, going to say the wall, but it is a mountain. And that there, that's actually the opening, but when I saw it, it was like a massive letterbox uh, slot. Like, it was huge, like double the twice uh, the size of a um, garage door, double garage go- door. I'm saying words here. They're coming out. <laughs> it's happening. And um, I, I said my quota in the first service, obviously. And so you get up to this K, and uh, once you get past the wetters and the cave spiders, uh, then you climb down into this incredible um, chamber here. And there's a massive cavern, and uh, that's, that's a whole lot of cavers actually coming into that cavern there, and that's their, their torchlights. And the, so that um, cavern that you climb into is actually, uh, it's, it's tall enough, big enough to actually fit the Christchurch 
cathedral in it, like when it was a tall building. Now it easily just slots in through the uh, the letterbox hole. But it, it, when it was a big cathedral, that could fit to the top. It's a massive, massive uh, chamber, and and it's a cool cave. At first, it's pretty uh, straightforward. You go into this big, you know, big hall, and then you climb up a mountain inside of it, and then you uh, there's a little pothole they call them kind of thing at the back of this big mountain and you 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 start going into that you know that stage in caving when you start squeezing they're called squeezes and you start going you go through a squeeze to get through this next um next part of the cave and it is as scary and horrible as you can imagine with like billions of tons of rock bearing down on you and you're like and out you come just like a baby and (laughs) Sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> so moving along. And then what happens? Um, <laughs> what happens? Once you've gone into this next area, the cave is insane. It's, it opens up into like a myriad of different, uh, you know, passageways and caverns and opportunities essentially to get really badly lost. And so if you went into this cave and all you were carrying was a torch, which is a start, and a cave map of the, of the network of tunnels, that'd be, that'd be a start. But if, if that's all you had going into this cave and you got yourself into the network of tunnels in that area, you very quickly would find yourself in deep trouble. You wouldn't be able to know which way was north. You wouldn't be able to relate to the map to where you are on the cave and you would get uh, horribly lost But if you took a torch, a map, and a compass, that would change the game altogether. Because a compass will give you that unseen truth of where true north is, about where that direction is. So then you can get your bearings by looking at the map, by using the torch to see where you are, and you can figure out where you need to go, or if you're really scared, how to get back. And so you need a compass to see where you're going on, on the map, to know where you are on, in the network of caves. Let me just read you this scripture. Uh, Paul wrote this, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a good hunk of the New Testament uh, 2,000 odd years ago. He said this, he said, I've finished the race. He's obviously not talking about a marathon, actual literal race. He's talking about his life. He's, he's, uh, he's lived an incredible life, and this is near the end of his life. He says, I've, I've fought the fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. You know, every single one of us have a race to run. We have a fight to fight. Like Paul, he could look back at his life and say, look, Uh, There's a legacy there because I was there. I actually completed the course that God had assigned to me to run. And he didn't do that alone. He said, I have kept the faith. Today, church, I want to encourage you in your run. I want to encourage you in your race. I want to remind you that you cannot run well. You cannot go the distance without faith. You can't do this without Jesus Christ. And Jesus wants to come and be the compass, the director of the direction point, the bearing giver where you can, you know, make de- decisions so that you can go on and live a life that, is, uh, that has purpose, destiny, and, um, and meaning for you. And, and maybe the race that you've been running, though, in the last season, it actually feels more like a cave. 
and you feel like you've been crawling on your hands and knees, just trying to figure out like, man, where, where's the light at the end of this tunnel? Where, where am I going in my life? Where, where have I, I don't even really understand why I went through that stuff. I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ wants to meet you in that place as well. He wants to give you hope and freedom so that you can complete the course that God has called you to run. And you know, as a church, there's been a prophetic call over this church for the last 30 years. When this church was birthed uh, from, uh, from Gateway uh, New Life Church 30-odd years ago, it was planted as a missional church to the heart and the center of Rangiora. It was sent with this purpose to reach young people, young adults, to give them hope and create a, an environment where they would encounter the love of God. And we've been fulfilling that call for so many years. But you know, there's there's more things that God has for this church in store. There is more things because since that word and that mantle was mandate was given back there uh, 30 years ago, you've joined the church. You've joined the church with your prophetic call, with your anointing, with the dreams and the passions that are in your heart. And we want to celebrate the, the, the race that you've been running today. And I celebrate the faith that you've had and the perseverance that you've had to show, the fight that you've had to, to bring to the enemy when, you've, you know, when it's been really, really hard. But I want to tell you today that you're on the way, that you're on the way to see that fulfilled in your life. You're on that way to see the expression of the church, you know, the church realized in this community. And we may not have arrived yet, but we are on the, on the way today. If you're breathing today, if you're breathing today, you still have a call and a purpose on this planet. You're not taking up space. You're not just going to go through the motions. You're not just going to be religious. You're, you're going to live with the fire and the passion of Jesus Christ. You're going to live with the freedom of the Holy Spirit and knowing that He is calling you for a purpose. And He's, calling, he's called you for such a time as this. I love uh, Peter the Apostle. He's, uh, he was the, kind of the head disciple. He was, uh, he was uh, a raw guy. He was impulsive. Uh, at times, he, I can imagine he had a, a really big personality. And, and we look at, uh, at um, Peter in the book of Acts, and he has these incredible moments when he's passing people by and, and his shadow touches a sick person and they get well, they're healed, they're restored, and they're brought to, you know, they're brought back from the brink because a shadow, an anointed shadow touched someone. Like that's normal Christian living. If it's in the Bible, it's normal Christian living. If Gary was to walk past someone on High Street today after Thrive Church, and let's not be surprised if his shadow heals someone, delivers someone. Like this is, this is not just for the pastors or, you know, this is for everyone. His, the message of revival that he brought to the planet. But Peter, he, he was this man who was on the way. And, and when Jesus, you know, chose him and said, follow me, Follow me, Peter. Peter was a man on the way. He, he called Peter out and he said, Hey, Peter, you, you're this rock. I'm going to change your name. It was Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter. And, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. And, and so Peter was, you know, when he was 
walking with Jesus when he was one of the disciples, when he was in Acts, he's always a man who's on the way. He's always a man on the way to his destiny. And we see him, though, as this, this raw guy in, in, the, in, the, um, in the early moments of his connection with Jesus. And, he, and, and, and you know, he's impulsive, and, and we love that impulsive nature. He steps out of the boat. He's the one out of the boat, and Jesus is on water. He's like, well, if Jesus can do that, I could do that. And he steps out on water impulsively, impulsive, courageous faith. And then he, he finds himself sinking uh, moments later. Then he's impulsive in the Garden of Gethsemane. He gets his sword out and he cuts off someone's ear. And Jesus is like, that's not in our values, Peter. That's, yeah. No. So he puts the ear back on. <laughs> I love this other moment with Peter. He's in this, uh, it's a moment when Peter's learning, learning to listen. And Luke told me this really insightful thing. Uh, at the end of last year, he said, learning to listen is not waiting for your turn to speak. And I was like, that is really good. We have interned you well. And so he, um, he's, he's learning to listen, and he finds himself, like this is the most, one of the most mystical scenes in the Bible. And he finds himself on the Mount of Transfiguration. What does that mean? But Transfiguration sounds mystical, and the smoke machines are all like, and, and, and Moses, so Jesus is up there, and Peter's there with James and John, and then Moses and Elijah, they appear on the mountain of transfiguration. And these guys, if you don't know who these guys are, these guys have been dead for like hundreds and hundreds of years. So this is like a, you know, that scene from Return of the Jedi when there's like Yoda and there's uh, and the good Darth Vader the redeemed Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Has anyone seen that scene? And they come at the end and they're all standing there shimmering and light. And yeah, it's just like that moment in my mind anyway. And they're just like, wow, this is incredible. And so Peter's like taking this all in, but no one's talking to him. So he, he launches himself into the conversation and, and announces that it's good that he's there. Because he's able to set up a gazebo with some light refreshments for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. I'm like, Peter. And the Father speaks. You know, like, God, the Father speaks to Peter. And, he, and there's no rejection in his, in his heart or anything or, or really intense correction. He just says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. <laughs> it's just like Peter being like, shush. This is not your turn to speak now. Listen to Jesus. On another occasion, uh, Jesus can see that Peter's motivations have been polluted by the enemy, and he and he and he turns to Jesus. Turns to Peter, and he says, "You know this." He says, "Get behind me, Satan! You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns." I think in Peter, we can see our own humanity <laughs> as a man on the way. As a, maybe you're a man on the way. Maybe you're a woman on the way today. Maybe you're somebody who's on the way wrestling to follow Jesus despite yourself. <laughs> and then for, for Peter, the wheels really fell off his 
you know, his call for life for him personally when he denied Jesus three times, and then he, then he, uh, he publicly um, denied him with oaths and curses. And and at this point, Peter is is broken, and he becomes totally overwhelmed by his own weakness and and the public humiliation that he brought on Jesus, I guess. And he and and he quits the apostolic team. He rejects the call that was on his life, and, and, and he goes back to the only work that he feels that he can do. He goes back fishing. Um, and for him, I think in that moment, and, you know, the, 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 the words, you're going to be a rock, and I'm this church, you know, I'm going to build you. The gates of hell aren't going to break. Those, those words have just been, you just left them. I left. I just can't face that anymore. That's that's not my reality. How can I be a rock when I've just made such a meal of the season of my life? And maybe you're here today and you're just like, man, you have dreams. Maybe you have prophetic words around your life that you feel like you've just, you've had to put away. You're just like, you can't face them anymore because... It hurts too much and it's too confusing and you wonder how you got to be where you're at currently. Uh, Larissa, I thought she caught the uncertainty of our lives uh, really well in that True North video that uh, we watched this morning. And She said, the world is constantly changing under my feet. Sometimes I don't know what to think or feel or even what direction to go. Maybe that's you're here, to, you're here today, and you just feel like, man, I just feel like I'm at the end of myself. I don't know where to go. I want to tell you that Jesus will meet you right where you're at today. He will meet you right where you're at today because what Jesus does next, he makes the first move. Jesus makes the first move towards Peter, and I can imagine he's been thinking, he's like, yeah, Peter, you've been impulsive, you've talked too much, you denied my name and betrayed me. At one stage, I even confused you with the devil. But Peter, (laughs) Peter, I'm committed to you. Even when you're not faithful, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful to the promise. I'm going to be faithful to what the words I spoke over your life, and Jesus never rejects Peter despite his you know his failings and his humanity he never rejects Jesus he just moves towards him he finds him again uh, pursuing a a career in fishing unsuccessfully and he he says uh, Simon son of John remember Peter changed Jesus changed Peter's name to Peter but he calls him Simon son of John do you love me and Peter's called uh, Peter's caught off guard by this and he says of course of course, Jesus, you, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, okay, then feed my lambs. And it's so interesting to me that he calls him Simon again. Because it's just like Jesus saying, man, you're still that guy. You're still that guy I called out. You're still that guy I saw. You're still Simon. You're still on the way to becoming You're still on the way to becoming. And the second time Jesus says to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter responds, I can imagine slightly frustrated. He says, yes, Lord, you know that I do. This time Jesus says, tend my sheep. So Jesus just said, feed my lambs. Now he's saying, tend 
my sheep. We're not only looking after little ones, but we're actually shepherding now. We're really getting into this role for caring for sheep. And then Jesus asked Peter a third time, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he, and Peter gets totally exasperated. He said, you know, Lord, you know everything. You can imagine what he was, you know, you know, the good, the bad, the, you know, everything. But you know that I love you. To which Jesus said, go and feed my sheep. And then Jesus explains to Peter the manner in which he would die for his name, as in he would lay down his life for Jesus Christ. See, it's so, it's incredible because Jesus is calling him Simon, yet he's calling out the rock that is within him. He's saying, your faith, your strength, your heart, your destiny is leading you towards a huge sacrifice, but it's for the glory of my name. It is, the glory, it is for the glory of my life and for the, for the name of Jesus Christ and for the kingdom. See, Jesus is inviting Peter back to believe in his words over his life again. In this, in this time, he's saying, See yourself in the way I see you. See yourself in the strength that I see you in. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. See, in this season, I believe this is a time for us to reimagine our faith, to reimagine the dream and the hopes and the prophetic words and the promises and the declarations that have been spoken over your life and that you have walked in and that you have believed in. And no matter where you are in the cave of your life or the race that you're running or the fight that you're fighting, I want to call you up to reimagine the goodness of God and the strength and the favor that is on your life just because you are a child of God. Just because He's the one that will run to you, He's the one that's faithful, even when we're not faithful, He will take us anywhere, as is, where is, and lead us on. He will lead you on into, your, uh, into the calling that you have for your life. You know, there's only one magnetic north on this planet. No matter how dark it is, it doesn't matter if your compass hasn't been charged or your phone hasn't been charged, regardless of where you are, no matter, on the globe, there is only one direction that that compass is going to point towards, and that is true north. There's only one place, and I just want to tell you again that Jesus Christ is a true north. He is the true north. He is maybe to you that unseen reality at this time, but He is talking and speaking, and He wants to guide you through His Word. He wants to guide you through the love of others around your world. He wants to speak to you and bring breakthrough into your world so that you would not be someone who, who just got stuck along the way, who just kind of went off to the side on the way of the call. He wants to call you back to run a race of purpose with strength. Colossians 3 verse 1 says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above. In the next verse it says, Set your mind on things above. And it's interesting that it doesn't have set your spirit on things above because I think our spirit just naturally goes there. Our spirit naturally craves connection and freedom and intimacy. But our mind and our heart, we're wrestling with this thing. We're, we're disciplining ourselves. We're beating our bodies, as Paul even said, and making it a slave so that after he's preached the gospel, he would not be disqualified 
for the price. Like he was doing everything he could to live a life that was worthy for the gospel. And I don't want to lay a heavy yoke on you here today at all. But I want to invite you into a radical surrender in this year. I want to invite you into a life that doesn't just have Christianity and church on the side, but that has Christ at the center. That has Christ at the center, that has your call at the center. And because your call is not about you, it's not only about you. See, a prophetic word is, is given to us for the benefit of freedom. It, the, the prophetic word is given to us to call us into a season of change, a season of transition, a season where it, we're unsure about where we're going. It's a season where, oh my gosh, I feel like I've lost my bearings because a prophetic word actually is calling you out of one state of mind, one state of action, one state of response into a whole new realm, a whole new way of expressing the, the mantle that God has put on your life. And he wants you to be ready to wear the mantle that he's put on your life. And that prophetic word in it carries such freedom, such purpose, such power, such an expression of freedom that if you don't know what it is to be free, then you haven't seen the prophetic word on your life completely realized. If your life, if our life, if my life isn't expressing the freedom of Christ to others, then we're on the way. We are on the way. I love the second part of the True North trailer, uh, and it's a powerful declaration of truth. It says, but you're the way. It actually starts with, I do know one thing. You are the way, the truth, and the life. I'll not let the darkness steal the joy within my soul. I'll not let circumstances become my compass. I'll set my mind on things above. I will follow you with all my heart. You are my true north. Mm, thank you, Jesus. just wonder if everyone could just close your eyes right now, just in this moment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just thank you, Lord, that Jesus, you take us and you receive us as is where is. Where you receive Peter, on the way, he was, he was found, yet he was lost again. And you met him, God, right there where, where he was at. And today, you want to you wanna meet us again. You want to take us again, or maybe even for the first time today. And church, just if you're here today and you know that you've walked away from Christ or if you know that you've just never actually had a relationship with Jesus Christ I want to give you an opportunity to take a step of faith and start an incredible relationship connection with him that will set you up to be a part of God's purpose and plan for this world he wants to bring redemption to you let me just say that he wants to redeem lost relationships he wants to redeem lost dreams he wants to redeem lost hope because he's good. That's all. It's just because he's good. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity right now. If that's you, just with every eye closed and head bowed, let me say this first. It's a, time, it's a, it's a posture of surrender. 
It's a posture of saying, I just, you know, like I've got sin in my heart. I've got, I've done things I regret and I've done things that have even hurt people and think people have hurt me and I want to actually surrender the load and the weight of my sin. And Jesus wants to take that from you so that you can live guilt-free, shame-free. And if that's you here today, just with every eye closed, head bowed, I just wonder if you just slip your hand up and just say, yeah, Glenn, that's me. As a step of faith, just say, yes, I want to make that decision today. I want to take this moment right now and just make that decision today. I'm here and I know I've been with Jesus, but I've actually walked away, you know. I feel like Peter, like just, man, I'm off track. If that's you here today, just... Just slip your hand up and say, yeah, Glenn, that's me. I, I want to make this year about following him, letting Jesus be my true north. Awesome. Let's just say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your radical love for me. I thank you that you forgive me and you, res- you, you take me just as I am but you're not going to leave me as I am. And right now, I want to give you my life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Amen. Awesome.